Hello. <laughs> I don't know which episode we're starting, what we're doing. We're just doing it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Welcome then. Hello, my love. Hi. My dear, my darling. What a what a time. Hi there. Hi. <laughs> I don't remember our intro. I do. Do you want to know? Do you want to hear it? Sure. It's I'm Stephanie. And I'm Elena. And this is Bet You Wish This Was an Art Podcast. Welcome. Welcome. See? You've already got it. We're we're back, baby. Back, baby. <laughs> um hi everyone. We've missed you. Hello. Finally uh, our, see our faces. A I face know. reveal. A face reveal. <laughs> Not oh Elena, it's so good to see you. You too. It feels it feels like only yesterday I was just there and um this is nonsense. Take me back. It's uh it's been a year. <laughs> well, since our last episode. A little less. Well, uh, when did we stop? It's been um, two years? Has it been two years? No, Elena, don't say that. What Maybe. is time? Oh. Mm, no, uh, mm. It's been two years. Oh, that makes me sad on so many levels. <laughs> but we have good reason, to be fair. Um, life has been really chaotic. We had a terrible loss. Um, and, uh, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to create in, un, in, um, uncertain times. That's true. That's true. So, but who's to say you, that it's certain now, but uh, you and I have been reunited and it feels so good. Mm -hmm. Um, in fact, all of those beautiful photos that are on the Instagram by the time this episode comes out, at least, um, <laughs> Should be should be worth reminiscing over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're on YouTube now, I guess. Yeah. A big <laughs> update. You know? Um, we're not in the same country yet, but that could change soon. That, that could change. That could change soon. That would be nice. Um... Lindsay still makes our art. <laughs> she does. She does. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, what should we start with? Elena, it's been, it's been so long. I think it is in our best interest to hit home with a classic. We should have a reintroduction episode. A... A history of, and and what's a sweeter spot for both of us than Baroque art? But Baroque, but not just Baroque, Italian Baroque. Of course, naturally, naturally, naturally. We'll, we'll get to the Dutch eventually. We will, we will. <laughs> and the Spanish and the rest. That's, uh, it's quite a global, we'll talk about it. We'll, we'll talk about it, we'll talk we'll about talk it. About it. I just I I think this is this is our sweet spot. I think this is exactly where we need to be and um I think it's time that we learn a little bit about Italian baroque art. That's uh that's true. <laughs> we should. <laughs> so, 
Shall we just jump into it? Let's go. So, uh, let's start with the definition of the word first. Mm-hmm. Um, the word is derived from the Portuguese word, uh, barroco, which is basically... Uh, barroco. Yes. And it means, it's basically uh, an imperfect pearl. And uh, this is kind of uh, an extension of what Baroque was thought of at the time, which was like this weird, un- imperfect, like, um, yeah, this weird thing. Um, and first it was thought of as an extension of the Renaissance. Um, but later on, when the word became a thing, which was, of course, later on, that's how yeah. it goes with art styles. Um, then it became kind of like looking down because it's a, yeah, perverted version of Renaissance. Kind Oof. of. That's oh, what I, they thought. That's what they sure. thought. I, that's not my words. <laughs> I can understand this this transition from Renaissance to Baroque. It makes perfect sense when you're thinking about like, oh, we we have this very Christian art medium like this this the thematics of our work are christianity and religion and we have patrons that are sponsoring these artists to do it but as the as the style develops and i think really when you start moving into like the distinction between northern baroque and southern baroque especially is when you start to see the the influences of spoiler alert the counter reformation yep basically but yeah, it all started with the Reformation. Ding, uh, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> yes, we, we got a little spoiler there. <laughs> but it started with uh, Martin Luther uh, with his 95 theses. Um, he nailed them on the wall of the church. For art history, especially European art history, it sets this tone for questioning the church, mm-hmm. which is bonkers. And then even more so just what it develops and, and of course, the, the political and re- like religious revolutions that spur from it with the Protestant Reformation. Because yep. you get the destruction of icons, you get the transformation of churches and cathedrals, you get this movement towards austerity, which we still feel to this day. Yeah. Yeah. And to be fair, the criticisms that he made were valid. The church oh. was corrupt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can pay your sin away. A pay-to-play yeah. church capacity. I, I get it. I understand. Listen, he's not wrong, <laughs> but at what cost? But yeah, I mean, <laughs> we don't we don't vibe with the destruction of art here. I think no. you know this. We're, we're but, pretty uh, pro art, unfortunately. We are, yeah, sadly. But, <laughs> but, but this is not an art podcast. So, anyways, <laughs> yeah. But if you're criticizing the church for greed, if you're if you're looking at how the the institution is corrupt, if you are, if you as an institution are paying so much for art and architecture you're throwing lavish parties you're pardoning people's sins with a little coupon that says no you're good fam it's it's hard to 
it's it's a really tough criticism against something that is considered a religious institution but also like a political institution mm-hmm. so it's it's a it's a legitimate criticism you then get the you have Martin Luther who was one of many but kind of the guy who establishes this pivot because his 95 treatises or his 95 theses are like so impactful that the church for to its credit did try really hard they they tried they tr- tried you know in, in in the way where you're like no honey i promise so I can change. I'll be good. And and then it goes right back to gambling and lying and spending all of your money. Exploiting people. You know, it's as fine. a treat. <laughs> um, so at the very least, awful, but with good intentions. And of course, the more people are upset and the more people are frustrated with the status quo, the the bigger the shift is going to be. And since this is something that kind of impacts where do you go when you die, which is a, a, a very valid fear that a lot of people have. Um, so once, once the church decided they were no longer canceled, uh, they were grossly mistaken. And, you know, we start the whole protestant reformation we have the wars we have atrocities against men art and culture yeah Yeah, it was quite heavy i mean there was a 30-year war and there was yeah everyone was neck and neck going at each other a lot of blood a lot of destruction like you said and yeah i mean at first they did try to kind of Make it seem like they have been doing better, and so this, in some ways, they uh, improved what they were doing. Yeah. Um, but also a bit later on, they kind of doubled down on some things that uh, were the criticism of yeah. uh, of Martin Luther and the pro- uh, the Protestants. So Protestants are super against um, like uh, iconoclasm and uh, or is that the right word? Yes. Yeah, worshiping. It- let me. Yeah, I'm not sure. Iconoclasm is the destruction of... Is the destruction of of icons, but icons, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Protestants were very against using icons in in their church and worshipping icons. Um, So they destroyed it. They committed iconoclasm. There we go. uh, Yeah, there we go. Now it's correct. That that makes sense. (laughs) It's all coming back to me now. Yes. Uh, And so they were against it. And the Catholics uh, doubled down on, yes, we're going to use icons. Icons are the way to represent God and saints. Um, And we're going to fund even more art and creation of uh, like buildings, architecture, uh, everything icon, um, so that people get it through their heads that icons are the shit. Basically, <laughs> or like this is the the uh, 
this is the grandioseness of yeah. the divine, right? Like this is, yeah, sure, we can go back to just painting our walls white and taking down all the cool art and we can read the Bible or, or big art, big vaulted ceilings, Latin. Mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of like, you still, this is still the divide to this day. And it's part of the reason why uh, a very valid criticism of Catholicism is that it feels kind of, pad- the pageantry is so over the top. There's so much ritual and, and magic behind it that it, it almost feels performative. Mm-hmm. But if you think mass today feels performative... Let's go back to Italy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like let's 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 figure out what the church did to not only uncancel itself, but to double down and to really push into this propaganda campaign that has defined it for so long now. The the counter reformation as mentioned is is really the the propaganda arm of the visual aspects of Catholicism. Yeah. 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 And I mean, it works. It does work. It does work. And it did get people back into the church. Sure. And yeah, I mean, some of the things they employed, so Baroque style in itself Mm -hmm. is very dramatic and over the top and uh, flamboyant. Um, They like a lot of movement, a lot of deep emotion um and uh that you can see that everywhere you can see that in uh, yeah frescoes in visual arts in architecture as well like everything is always in motion that's how it seems and that in itself drew people to the church and kind of uh made them like it was meant to overcome the person who comes into the church. Like the, the the person that enters is overcome by all of this grandiose, overcome by this huge ceilings, by these uh, amazing frescoes, by these very um, yeah. How how do you say like um, feeling invoke invoking architecture yeah. and art. So through that, they they are trying to talk to the audience because a lot of the people during this time were illiterate. Sure. So you can't really get through to them by books or by long speeches. Um, so a way to go around that or to uh, maybe add to that is to engage the visual um sense basically it's that and cliche they did that. i mean it's that cliche of pictures worth a thousand words right yeah. Yeah. but if every moment from when you enter the bu- like from even before you enter the building there's this there's this moment of crossing into a threshold where you cross into the divine because all of a sudden you're in this marble church and the walls are so 
beautifully detailed and decorated and everything feels like it's moving. And so now you feel compelled to move through this space. And when you look up, you see this signature oval shaped dome, which is indicative of that, that movement, that elongation, because it's in continuous motion. And, and now all of a sudden you feel inspired because there's there's something otherworldly about the space that you're in, or at least especially for a population that has never seen anything like this. Yeah, it, exactly. It is remarkable. This is the this is the Marvel Cinematic Universe of the you know 16th century. <laughs> and 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 to a degree, it's characters you recognize. It's a history you know, but in this over the top and exciting way. And and how are you supposed to? question the church if the church is now providing you something this beautiful. Um, and it does build off of the naturalism that had kind of been established during the Renaissance, mm-hmm. right? So our our boy Da Vinci, our boy Raphael, all, all these guys had been creating foundations of this is how we expect to see a person. But the but Baroque then takes it and moves it into this level of motion. Mm-hmm. You add life to the art. And that is something that even to this day is is really exciting to be around. But it yeah. is a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. Um, to talk about, let's let's pick a... Let's pick for now painting specifically. Yeah, yeah. we could talk about architecture forever, but I think yeah. the painting is really where you see Baroque at its at its height. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you see, this time is like yeah, a lot of primary colors, a lot of movement, like we said, and uh, also a play on light. Yeah. So we've done we've done an episode on Caravaggio before. We've done a few. Um, We've done a few. Um, you should definitely go listen to that. Um, but um, basically, Caravaggio was uh, someone who brought tenebrism into the mix of art, which is basically tenebrism is a play on light and darkness. And it's where um, basically in, in a painting, there's only one small source of light. And the background is in, in darkness. It, this is a type of chiaroscuro, but, uh, so it's, it's like, a chiaroscuro is an, the umbrella term and tenebrism is like, uh, one of the elements. Uh, basically, it's a little bit darker. Um, but it is indeed like the play of, uh, play on light. Um, so in, in Caravaggio's scenes, you see a lot of scene, a lot of paintings, um, lit by just one candle or has only one source of light and it shines on mostly the bodies and the hands of the creature of the people of the um characters the creatures the word. i was gonna say characters <laughs> but i couldn't remember that word <laughs> creatures too actually horses i mean that too that too he has those too <laughs> what is man if not a creature you know yeah exactly we're all creatures I'm, I'm, I I just I I really find it that's that is also one of the the most exciting aspects of baroque is is you are now having artists who are pushing themselves to create that 
that sense of drama and mm-hmm. and dynamic lighting. And it's something that, I mean, it's almost as impressive as perspective was, right? This is something that artists were kind of trying to figure out, but hadn't hadn't necessarily nailed it. But now we're not only working with perspective, but now we're working with lighting. And if anyone has tried to incorporate light sources in photos, or in paintings, or even in sketches, and you're just kind of staring at it going, where is my light coming from? (laughs) Imagine it's it's one candle. And now you have to figure out how to convey the warmth of this light how it plays with cool shadows because dark shadows are always cooler than your light source. And, and now you're, you're playing with values and hues and, and how do you capture the softness? Um, Caravaggio, our boy does a fantastic job of with this. Of course, we've, we've done the episode on Artemisia, uh, Artemisia, mm-hmm. uh, and Artemisia Janileski is, is one of those, incredible artists when it comes to drama. Um, Judith and Hall of Fairness being the most famous example of this, but it's, it's so compelling when, when talking about here is one light and here is the full scene. And these paintings usually are massive, if not life size in some cases. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. They're huge. And um, they didn't stop at just huge paintings. Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there are frescoes, Baroque frescoes, which are also called quadratura in Italian. Uh, there are basically, well, no, let me let me start over with that. Sure. Um, so. Frescoes were a big thing in the Baroque, and one of the types Italians, of frescoes... Italians love a, a fresco. They do, they do love a fresco, uh, and so do I, so I can't fault them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they, what they did master was quadratura, which is basically uh, an optical illusion type of um, frescoes, which mm-hmm. were painted usually on the ceiling of a church, um, or a regular building, sometimes a house, uh, like yeah. a like a residence of someone, um, and they basically were like regular, uh, like angels and uh, saints, uh, but three dimensional. So when you walk in, it just looks as if the ceiling is not there, um, and it looks as if it goes on into the sky or into another like building that's that that is painted on yeah. the ceiling so it just makes it even longer um and that is a thing that is seen a lot during this time yeah on uh, that rounded you know on that oval ceiling mm-hmm. you get this doorway to heaven basically basically Except, yeah and you can see that um a lot in uh, Palazzo Barberini which um basically has this fresco of um it's called Allegory of Divine Providence and ba- and Barberini Power mm-hmm. and uh in the name itself allegor- uh, allegory allegory is the way you pronounce that allegory um is 
basically uh, something that is seen also a lot in Baroque. Yeah. We use uh, other like regular people to um, basically symbolize saints, continents, uh, parts of the world. I don't know, flowers, everything, yeah. anything. Allegory is very important also in this at this time. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's, it, uh, it offers a retelling of something that you already know, or it, it kind of gives a persona to a concept. Um, the, the muses are a great example, right? The, mm -hmm. the, the, the seven deadly sins are a great example. Mm -hmm. Um, usually there's a, there's a perceived idea between, behind like, who are these supposed to meet? Um, for all of my Hitalia fans out there, if, if you still exist, the, the concept of personifying a nation and having that person take on the the characteristics of of this nation kind of define the allegory this is this isn't italy because this is not a country but this is italy because this is who they are representing sort of thing basically yeah yeah and uh, yeah these frescoes are and uh, everywhere in baroque uh well most places in baroque architecture yeah. and some of those examples are, for example, the Church of uh, the Jesu, which is basically um, a mother church for the Jes Jesuits. Um, and there you can see kind of this, uh, this painted ceiling, and the painting itself is bleeding out into the architecture. So it feels even more like it's coming down or it's going up. In this instance, because it's uh, uh, people and angels going up into the heaven, and yeah. it's marvelous. But um, you also see at the uh, the Saint Ignatius Church, mm -hmm. um, the Andrea Pozzo paint uh, piece, because it's it's that same concept of you have allegory, right? The four continents, four continents on the on the four corners of this of the ceiling, and that perspective of watching the saint ascend into heaven where he is greeted by the representation of Mary and Jesus. And it's mm -hmm. this, it's this reaffirmation that our, um, <laughs> that our saint, the, the, the saint that we were basing our power around the, the church's authority around has been accepted by the mother and the child so it it's 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 also like credibility um and again going back to that word of propaganda of just, of just saying like this is so cool guys if he's if he's accepted by the church maybe this is a cool church to check out mm. yeah yeah but but architecture has always been a great way to convey authority i've had i've had a art history professor once describe uh, monumental art kind of as cheating because <laughs> by by its very nature you are going to be overwhelmed with the scale of of the piece mm. um and i think there's something to be said about the scale of these churches or these houses anything that really um captures the architecture of it also um 
benefits from having this really dramatic art inside of it and then having this really dramatic ritual inside of it. It's, Mm -hmm. it all builds to, to kind of convey to people, Hey, maybe don't join the Protestants. (laughs) Maybe Maybe we're okay, guys. Mm -hmm. Don't you want to watch another episode of keeping up with the church? (laughs) We're messy, but in a sexy way. Keeping up with the Catholics. <laughs> That's good, actually. <laughs> but it's true. I think it's it's so it's so human. It's so predictable. It's so fascinating because of the fact that it's it's something that we see time and time again. Um, we we want to be inspired. We want to be seduced. We want to be. We want to be given a show, mm-hmm. but if the if the message isn't authentic, people will realize that and and so quickly abandon this this movement. Um, and that's I mean that's that's part of why the Reformation and Counter Reformation went on for so long because of the fact that you you're you're in constant dialogue and in constant competition with these opposing philosophies, and mm-hmm. and how is that supposed to um, and and the, by the very nature of this conflict, you are you are shaking the foundation of what Europe, especially, had understood the church to be for so long. Yeah. What happened um, to the wars, guys? What happens to the Crusades? I thought we understood what was what our our purpose was. Awful. Yeah. Yeah. If you hear a cat in the background, I'm sorry. But I'm she's not. being loud. <laughs> um, I think I think we could even we could so Baroque is 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 not an art movement, it's a lifestyle, right? It's a you see it in in all in all aspects. You have it in the clothing that was being worn, the sculpture, you have it in um, architectural features as well as architecture itself. Um, painting is a fantastic legacy of it. And I think, I mean, we, we cover a lot of it in the Caravaggio episode when it comes to what specific artists were doing at the time, but there's, there's always room to talk more about people like Bernini, um, who is kind of the, like, the guy TM of, of Baroque architectural features and sculptures um yeah and and we could do a whole episode on him alone um or even like saint peter's basilica could get a whole episode um it could <laughs> but magnificent. i but i really think the like the concept of baroque being a state of mind right that that the global movement as well as Italy at, at this time um, is, is so much more than just the, f- the, the features um, of, of one flourish or one gold leaf print on, on a, on a fluted column. You know what I mean? There's, <laughs> there's so much too Baroque when it comes to, the the intensity behind it, the depth of it, the the realism without it being 
um, with with the intention not being realism, but more so romanticism. Divinity? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. To romanticize the divinity, basically. Yeah. 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 My telenovela. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, this is the time also like to keep in mind colonialism is going on conquering new lands going and seeing new things bringing back a lot of things stealing them stealing stealing them we know we know <laughs> <laughs> and uh also like exposing everyone else to what they're doing so this kind of cross cultural uh thing is going on mostly against the will of the other cultures but we it's bad basically but colonialism uh, bad it's bad um we said it first babe <laughs> <laughs> biwap seal of approval yeah yeah <laughs> and uh yeah so it's also like quite a global uh, phenomenon, Barack. Uh, some some say that it's the first global art um, style that can be seen in other places as well. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of unethical, but it is everywhere. But it um, is everywhere. It is everywhere. And yeah, I mean, again, we can talk forever about Bernini and we can talk about Borromini and we can talk about all of the amazing things. Uh, and we can talk about Florence. Will. I mean, just talk about Florence. Oh my God. Oh my God. Uh, Florence alone is going to get its own series. It should. it should. I mean, it's its own art history topic. Like if you were to take an art history course on Florence, you could fill an entire semester. You could dedicate you an could. entire thesis to Florence, Italian Baroque Florence. The Florentines loved this. And I think this is also what is so interesting about Italian Baroque, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we'll eventually talk about Northern Baroque, like the Dutch, um, Flanders, Baroque, like that whole region, um, because their motivations are a little bit more driven by the second most Catholic nation at the time, the Spanish. Mm -hmm. But... Mm -hmm. This is what? also the time when they got free of the Spanish. Like, but what about the Spanish, though? Which, <laughs> you know, you know, is is it's its own thing. And and in fact, that's history is so tasty. <laughs> but for specifically about Italian Baroque art, you must remember the Vatican is right there. Yep. The, name the Vatican. You have the Pope right there you have the seat of church power right there so it makes sense that where you're going to see the biggest pushback is in the seat of power right because mm -hmm. if for some reason reformate if, if the reformation had taken root in say florence What's what's the Vatican going to do against an army that's right outside its door? Yeah, you know it's it's mm -hmm. something that 
of course, you're going to have the strongest intensity of pushback closest to where it would be most um, impactful and harmful if it were to get out of hand. Yeah. Yeah. But it's interesting. It is interesting. And, uh, yeah. Do you have any thoughts? Barack is pretty. I mean, (laughs) it's problematic (laughs) as fuck. It's pretty as fuck. So I choose to like it. (laughs) I... (laughs) I personally. Elena, this I is mean, what gets us canceled. We just came back and all of a sudden you're over here. I'm, yes, I'm being very controversial. But um, you cannot separate the art period from the art piece. Agreed. But you can still appreciate its beauty. Um, and I think that... A lot of what is being built now, I'm talking specifically architecture, a lot of what is being built now um, is quite devoid of anything characteristic. Um, While what was built there, maybe it was too much. It was too much to style it down a little bit. But if we incorporated it a little bit into now, I think it would make everything better. What's the, what's like. the evolution? It's uh, it's Baroque to Rococo, Rococo to Neoclassical, Neoclassical to Modern? No, Neoclassical to Art Nouveau? Yes. Art, Art Nouveau Deco. to Art Deco, Art Deco to Modern. Modern, yes. Well, all of this uh, it's on a really compressed very, timeline. Yeah. But if you're, if you're studying for an exam right now, that's, uh, that's what you need to know. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> oh. basically. We we as humans have pendulums of, of preferences, and so we go through phases in which we really like austerity and phases where we really like drama. And right mm-hmm. now, I think, architecturally, we're still in an, an austere phase, but TikTok is telling me that we are slowly but surely moving back to that maximalism, baby. Baroque is right around the corner, Elena. Just you wait. We'll get our pearls. We'll get our pearls. I want that a perfect pearl. But, um, yeah. Baroque. Baroque, baby. If it ain't Baroque, don't fix it. I will not not respond to that. (laughs) I'm sorry, but that's Despicable. How dare you? Four imperfect pearls. <laughs> Updates, newsletters, transcripts, blog posts, and more. Head on over to our website at bywrpod.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at bywrpod. And on Twitter, X, Twitter, at bywrpod. And you can also, I don't remember the ending. <laughs> email us at BYWRPod. And you can also email us at BYWRPod at gmail.com. And of course, you can check us out on Patreon. Our Patreon is the best way to support us if you like the work that we're doing here at BiWAP. Come say hi. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Elena. I was just touching my face. I'm sorry. <laughs> and remember... 
when in doubt, titty out. All right. Bye. Bye.